0: We pray. Have your way, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the people of God shouted a louder, Amen. Please let me welcome a neighbor to your left, to your right. You can be seated. It's a joy to see you again this morning. I trust you had a wonderful week. I trust you had a beautiful week. I trust you had a God-filled week. Hallelujah. The political tension is still in the air, in the nation. So maybe we should start by addressing the elephant in the room. (laughs) And I guess it will be like that for a while in the nation. But I believe one thing all of us can be grateful for and be thankful for, particularly the people of God, is that, again, another presidential election has come and gone. And for the most part, God has helped us, and we want to give all the glory to God and to God alone. God has helped us again to avert political violence that will shred the nation apart. And that's one thing we should always, always be thankful for. We are not out of the woods yet. Um, Like I said last week, we need to continue watching and praying. Hallelujah. And again today, um, we're going to pray. We're going to pray about the nation. That's one of the best things we can do as believers. You must always remember that democracy is very mercy. Democracy is not a kingdom thing. God is not a democrat. God, there's nothing in the scripture that speaks about democracy. It's just something that we men on the face of the earth have come together that okay, this is how we are going to govern ourselves. And it's always very messy. Always very messy. Anywhere in the world anywhere in the world, even the leading democracies and the longest, or some of the longest um, lasting democracies, they're having problems. And at times like this, where there's a lot of global um, tension, global pressure, it's going to put a lot of pressure on how people govern themselves. And you know, this election was very interesting for us in Nigeria. First of all, the voter turnout was relatively low. I think all in all for the presidential election, less than 30 million people voted. The announced winner, the president elect, got just about 8 million. The other two closest rivals got over about 15, 16 million. And they are now claiming that they are the ones that won the election. And of course, their supporters will believe they are the ones that won the election. You know, when I stand on this pulpit, you don't even know the person I'm backing. I will not say that because I know there are PDP people in church. There are APC people in church. (laughs) There's no church that won't have people across the political parties. There are uh, Labour Party people in church. You're all welcome. You're all welcome. This is the house of God. God, God is not a politician. And that's how Christians must think. You, you, you can do your politics outside, and God is not against your politics. Because, like I said, that's something you men came up with. God, didn't, There's no scripture you will see where God prophesied or thought about democracy. So, And when things happen like this, imagine this kind of election where it, it will have been easier. And that's why some of the leading democracies, over time, they've come to a place where, for the most part, there will be just two leading political parties. All of you go and primary yourself, using the U.S. as an example. Give us one candidate from this side. Give us one. The winner must have over 50% of the election. Must win over 50%. So that at least it will appear as if the majority of the nation is behind this person. You figure these things out as you go on. Look at what's happening now in Nigeria. The person that has been elected the winner, there are more people against him than the people that voted for him. And that puts a lot of pressure on the nation. And I think that's why we believers, beyond whatever party affiliate you, you choose to there are reasons why somebody we want the Labour Party candidate to be winner. Somebody else we have a very strong reason. No, it's APC that should win. And everybody can put forward a, a strong argument. That's why the believers in each of the party and the believers across the nation must, beyond politics, think spiritually. And that's where I want us to come from again. Think spiritually. So we are now at a time where there are more people in the nation that are against the president-elect voters, or so let's even leave the whole population, people that voted, than the people that voted for him. Of course, they are splintered, that they are scattered. I read an article somebody wrote that if only PDP had gotten their act together, all the three candidates that came after him, they were all from PDP. A house divided will not stand. <laughs> That's what the person was saying. If they had organized themselves, and okay, let you go, and all of us will support you, perhaps they could have won but of course they were not together but that's for another day as believers we mo- we must think beyond political party you must think beyond your can- you can have your candidates but you must think beyond your candidate let me share an interesting story to you that God just brought up to me from bible now look at 2nd samuel 24 so David had become king. Saul was the previous king. And he wasn't... He started out as a good king. But as the years went by, he, he became an evil king that God rejected. And now he had died. And David had been run, running. And the Bible tells us, 2 Samuel. Second Samuel 24. Again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. And he... The the way this was written in 2 Samuel is very interesting. It's looking as if God was angry with the nation. He moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel. Put up 1 Chronicles 21. Look at the way it was written in 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles 21. Put put 1 Chronicles 21 up for us. The same story, but just written from two spiritual perspectives. Now Satan stood up against Israel. Interesting. The same Bible. One verse, reporting the same story, said it was Satan that stood up against Israel. This one says, the anger of the Lord. What happened here? You see, this where Bible study is important and understanding scriptures. Somehow, somehow, even though David was the favored king, let me say for the purpose of this discourse, and this is just for the purpose of discussion, David was in labor party. And he entered the presidency. And God was even on his back. Um, God backed him up. A time now came that somehow his walk with God wasn't where it ought to be. That's that's what happened here. And one day he rose up and a devilish idea entered his head. Go and number the nation of Israel. God had told him before, never count my inheritance. God had made, and that was the law in Israel. You don't, you don't do census in Israel. We, we are doing census I mean, next one. In Israel, you don't count. Because God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and de- if you can count the number on the seashore, you will be able to count your children. That was their prophecy. and So they had, they had never counted, done census. And one day, the king that the people wanted, the president that the people wanted, that God even back got up and a demonic idea entered his mind. And if you're familiar with the story, David told you, go and count the people. And they did the census. The moment they came to give him back the result, he knew he was in trouble. And that's probably what saved them in this story. And he repented. And then God sent a prophet to him. We don't have the time to go there. I just want to bring out something powerful that I talked about. And God gave him three options. Number one... There will be famine. Number two, your enemies will take over. And number three, fall into my hand. I I determine your judgment. (laughs) And David was very smart. He said, look, let me fall into the hand of God. I I want to read that verse because that, (laughs) that solution is really what we are talking about this morning. We are talking about grace and power. When they gave David... Um his answer. Look at verse 14. When the prophet came and gave him. So let's, let's read from verse 13. So God came to David and told him what God told him. 2 Samuel 24:14. Now, and he said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to you and your land? Those are the three options God gave him. Number two, or your enemies, or shall you flee? Three months, just three months. <laughs> Three months before your enemies, while they pursue you, in other words, your enemies will defeat you for three months. Or shall there be three days of plague on the land, which was the option of God? Now consider what answer I should take back to him who sent me. And David said to God, I am in great distress, please let me fall. Don't give me into the hands of my enemies, I don't know what they will do. (laughs) don't give us famine. We don't know when we will, seven years. We don't know. This one that a plague from God will come. Say, so let us fall, let me fall into the hand of the Lord for his mercies are great. See, this was someone in political authority and in office that understood what we need for times like this. Ah, Look. Now, we shouldn't go to the other extreme, which we have done before in this nation, where God is in control, God will control everything, so we are not interested in politics. You better be interested in politics. When the wicked rule, the Bible says, the people are on that great tribu- um, problem. No, let's get involved in, in fact, we should be more involved in politics. May there be more Davids, Ascending the throne in the name of Jesus. But David is a man. And that's why when we were praying yesterday, one of the prayer points was that pray that only divine ideas will operate in the palace. Because even the right person can get there, like David, and enact. There's a path that looks right, but the end is destruction. Even men with their best intentions can miss it. And that's what Paul was t- telling us in Timothy, that we should pray for kings, pray for people in authority. How could a situation arise where Satan, and David had gone so he had withdrawn? And sometimes when you're backsliding, you don't even know how far you have gone from God. But the time comes, Satan was able to slide in a demonic idea into the presidency. Like, let us withdraw the cash in the country. Because an election, they've reversed the policy now. I was telling everybody that, look, we just just have to hold on to the election. They will reverse it. It's a stupid idea. It's a demonic idea. Praise God. And David prayed. I mean, 70,000 people died. See, this is why we should be involved as Christians. Because no matter who is the president, whatever happens you be involved in, because who is going to be making a decision, it's going to affect all of us. But one of the best ways we can do that, beyond participating in the political process, which we should, beyond that, we should know that there's a God that is also involved in the affairs of our nation. Hallelujah. And at any point in time, let's now begin to get into our message for today. The grace of God or the mercy of God, regardless of who is the president or who is not the president. Glory be to God. The grace of God, the mercy of God, the power of God is still available to us. Hallelujah. This is really what Psalm 2 was talking about. Why do the heathen rage and why do the, the kings of the nations rage? That, look, beyond the kings, beyond the president, beyond who is in office, God is also involved. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, God is still involved. Or like we say here, say, Olua is involved. And that's why we can't lose hope. Even if your candidate did not win or your party did not win, you can't lose hope. Praise God forevermore. You can't lose hope. And now let me come, and I know it's not everybody that politics is what is on their head now. Maybe what you are going through is more of a personal thing. Maybe it has something to do with your job, it has something to do with your health. It's it's more of a personal thing, your career. You can't lose hope. That's what David got there. That, okay, fine. Just keep me in the hands of God. Even though I've sinned, even though I've messed up, even though I've done the wrong thing, just give me the option that I will fall into the hands of God because this one thing I know, the mercy of God is great. Hallelujah. At the end of the day, God is still going to show mercy. Glory be to God. And that's how we pray for the nation. That's how we handle affairs, on a personal level, on a national level. God has not abandoned us. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. It doesn't matter how many people leave the country, or how many people don't leave the country. Like somebody was saying, well, I was reading prayer this morning, that look, everybody cannot leave the country. In any case, people that leave the country, where you are going to, you need God there as well. So you two, you better pray this prayer for the Jerusalem where you find yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lift your hands just where you are seated. Say with me, Heavenly Father, we commit our dear nation, Nigeria, into your hands. Thank you, Father, for how far you have helped us concerning these national elections. And Lord, we are trusting you for a perfection of what you have started. We are trusting you for peace. We are trusting you for prosperity. And so we pray again this morning, Beyond any political party, beyond any presidential candidate, beyond the president-elect, Lord, we pray for your mercy, for your grace to prevail over this nation in the name of Jesus. Can we just take a minute to pray over the nation right now? Just right where we are seated. Come on, open your mouth, lift your voice and pray. <speaking in Spanish> He that has begun a good work, he will perfect what he has started. Thank you, Father for your mercy prevails over nigeria your will prevails over nigeria oh ya kan de ya la pereke dagayata to your counsel prevails in this nation E ya dasata ya lokosata paya ukade gesata and we know your will for us is peace your will for us is prosperity oh shanda basata regedosa tekaya la begedosa regedonga ta ya la do sotoba toba, I gadegeya la vrege do satata reke ta satamba da basotopo rakate ya la baba baba eh ya la vrke da bosso. One more minute, church everybody, let's pray for the peace of our Jerusalem, the peace of our nation. Peace in every palace in this country, every corridor of power from the federal level to the state level to the local level. Thank you, Father, that your peace will prevail. Only divine ideas will be worked upon in all these places. We come against every plan of the enemy, every plan of darkness, and we declare they are frustrated, right now, in the name of Jesus, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Once again, Lord, we lift up Nigeria before you. We stand in the gap for this land and we pray for healing, 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 healing Healing in every facet of the nation by the hand of God. Come on, pray, 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 church, for one more minute. Egede vrekedo bosoto ayakata tatate oyakata payala bregedo goso eyata yala bregedo angataka yake degesoto akata yala bregedo kata yala barababa in the name of Jesus Lord we give you praise we bless your holy name beyond the inputs of any party or any man Or any group of men, Father, we thank you that your power, your grace has the greatest input where the affairs of this nation is concerned in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that at the end of the day, your will will prevail in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how you pray as a believer over the nation. It's a much better prayer than God let my candidate enter the office. It's a much better prayer. Praise God forevermore. Psalm 84, let's move. (laughs) Praise God. It's where we are going this morning. Can somebody say, Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. Say, thank you for your power. Psalm 84, verse 11 For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He, hallelujah, withhold from those that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, verse 12 Blessed is the man who trusts in you. Praise God. Somebody say, This season, God gives me grace. God gives me mercy. God gives me glory. As a nation, God gives us grace. God gives us mercy. God gives us glory. No good thing. Oh, can you declare it? I can't hear you this morning. Say, no good thing shall be withheld from me in the name of Jesus. Psalm 2 once again. Listen to Psalm 2 once again. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? All manner of plottings are going on right now. Before the election, there were all manner of plottings and schemes going on. After the election, and now even more than the the results are being disputed in different quarters, all manner of plottings and schemes are going on. And we can give people the benefit of the doubt. We can give politicians the benefit of the doubt that perhaps they believe they have the best intentions of the nations at heart. We can grant them that. Everybody that got up and said, I want to be president, I want to run for this office to be governor or to be this, we can grant them that, especially if there's no accusation brought against them, that maybe they had the best intentions at heart. But the scripture said something powerful here. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And that's what happens for men when they begin to plan and scheme things. And this is where we come in as a church. And this is not just for church leaders, for believers generally. Sometimes even men with their best intentions, that's why I read that story about David for you to you. What they are thinking, what they are scheming, what they are planning, even when they have the best intentions at heart, it's against the plan of God. It's not what God wants at that time. So this verse is not just talking about enemy nation kings. David wasn't an enemy of God. But one day, he got up and he plotted a vain thing in his heart. How did it happen? Satan suggested it to him. And for that season... Unknown to him initially, it was after the deed had been done, after the mistake had been done, after they brought back the census report to him, that realized, wow, I have sinned. That's when his eyes now cleared. The demon that had been um, disturbing him. That's when the demon, wow. And thank God for the kind of man David was, that he was still a man after God's heart. Even though for a brief season, he had moved away from God, quickly he repented. A more wicked person, or we talked about Pharaoh last week, how God hardened his own heart. Someone like that will double down again. We are going to do another census. <laughs> and if you just be digging the nation into trouble. Kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together against the Lord. And against his anointed. Regardless of your political party, learn to pray that the will of the Lord be done. That doesn't mean you should not be involved in politics. That doesn't mean you can't belong to a party. That doesn't mean you can't support your candidates. But beyond men, somebody declare with me, say beyond men, the will of God will prevail in Nigeria. The counsel of God will prevail in Nigeria. I love the way Dr. K said we were praying just before the election. At the end of the day, particularly us as believers, our goal is that Nigeria wins. Praise God. Nigeria wins. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Can I tell somebody something this morning? God was laughing before the elections. God was laughing during the elections. As all the things that went wrong in elections, I think Pastor Allah was saying that everything everything wasn't perfect, man. (laughs) And that's true. And there will never be an election anywhere on the face of the earth where everything will be perfect. Because human beings are the ones behind it. Till tomorrow, they are still arguing in America that the election they did in 2020 is not perfect. It will never be perfect. But God was still laughing. Can I hear a loud amen? As they were tabulating the results, what was God doing, somebody? When they announced the, presidential, the president-elect, what was God doing? As the parties that lost are grieved and they are complaining, what is God still doing? God is still laughing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me ask your neighbor, are you still laughing? No, no, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't laugh here. Ask your neighbor. Look at your neighbor because some people are not laughing, no. And, and this where you start. Please watch where we are going this morning. This is where you start, if you are not careful, distancing yourself from God. God is still laughing. Ask your neighbor for me. Can you laugh even if your candidate did not win? Get an honest answer from that. (laughs) Can you laugh even if there's evidence that there were problems with the election? Praise God. Now, can I hear someone declare, I laugh. In your seated heavenly position, can you rejoice and laugh this morning? (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. I laugh. (laughs) Praise God forevermore. I laugh. (laughs) Glory, glory be to God. (laughs) Somebody say I laugh. (laughs) Hallelujah. When it doesn't look as if things are going my way, what do I do? I laugh. (laughs) Praise God. When it doesn't look as if I've won, what do I do? I laugh. Can I hear you laugh this morning? Can you just... (laughs) Hallelujah. When I've received a negative report, what do I do? I laugh. Hallelujah. I laugh. And we're going to talk about why you are laughing in a minute. But look at what he told us here. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord will hold them in derision. That was God is looking down at them. You dare to come against me. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Hallelujah. Can I boldly announce to everyone here, any plan that is contrary to the will of God for your life, it will fail in the name of Jesus. Same goes for our nation because there are believers in this nation. Any plan contrary to the will of God for Nigeria, it will fail in the name of Jesus. The Lord will distress them in his deep displeasure. God knows how to do that. Hallelujah. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill in Zion. I will declare a decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession." You shall break them with a rod of iron. Listen. The greatest power at work where this nation's affairs are concerned and the greatest power at work where your life is concerned is still the power of God. It's still the power of God. I know the power of God is invisible. I know It is sometimes intangible. You can't, but thank God you can believe in it. God is saying, I'm going to give you power over the nations. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings, talking to the people of God. Be instructed, you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Look at your neighbor and say, God is not angry with you. Tell your neighbor, because of the blood of Jesus, you have peace with God. You are justified. You have been made right. You are now on God's side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled, about but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Can somebody declare, boldly this morning, my trust is still in God. Nothing has shaken. Nothing has moved. And if God be for me, and if God be for us, nothing can be against us. Hallelujah. There are two things, and these are the two things we are talking about this month that I want us to focus on, always available to the people of God. On a personal level or a national level, number one is that God will give grace. God will release his grace. What is the grace of God once again? It is the unmerited favor of God, the unearned favor of God. It's not something we work for. It's not something we bargain for. It's not something we qualify for. It's something that comes to us out of the goodness of God's heart and the kindness of God's heart towards all of us. And I want to remind somebody again this morning, God's grace abounds towards you at this time. You will experience grace like you have never seen it before in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord will give grace. The Lord will give glory. And what will happen when God's grace begins to move and begins to flow towards you. No good thing will be withheld from you. Can somebody declare no good thing is withheld from me this season. I can't hear your voice. Say no good thing is kept from me this season. Because of the grace of God. Hallelujah. When things don't go the way we expect. Please hear me and hear me very well. When things don't go the way you anticipate, your first thinking may be that you have been left alone, you have been abandoned, and God is no longer backing you up. But even in a time like that, Apostle Paul taught us this, even at a time like that, that's when as a believer you should know that God's grace is actually still available and flowing towards you. In fact, that's when you focus more on the grace of God. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's read that text again. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. And if you are familiar with this story, this was when Apostle Paul was having a lot of trouble in his ministry. And if you pick up the reading from verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 7. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. What happened? A messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me. That's what he referred to as a thorn in his flesh. So a time was, it was a time in his ministry where, of course, all this revelation that he was sharing with us, it was was coming and he was sharing it, and at the same time, The devil was afflicting him and and, and buffeting him, using this word here. A messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. Verse 9, and God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to announce that over somebody this morning. I don't know what you are going through. And I'm declaring that over Nigeria this morning as well. God's grace is sufficient for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul, it's not about me taking away what is causing trouble in your life and ministry. I can do that. Let me expound God's thinking here. But that's not the plan. My grace is sufficient for you. Nigeria, God's grace is sufficient for you. My strength, hallelujah, is perfected in your weakness. Glory, glory be to God. Why do the heathens rage? Why do kings imagine a vain thing against the Lord? You see, this is the problem with politicians. They think they know better than God sometimes. They think they know better. And this is the problem with certain individuals. You think you know better. You think you know better. And you've got to come to a place in your life on a personal level now. And even when you're thinking nationally, you do all you need to do. But you come to a place where you realize beyond me, beyond my efforts, beyond my knowledge, beyond what I know, God is involved. And God will always give grace. Hallelujah. God is not folding his arms and watching the nation just go to hell in a basket. God is not just folding his arms and watching your life just deteriorate and become nothing. No. God is seated in heaven and anything contrary to his will for your life, for the nation, for this generation and this earth, anything God is just laughing. I'm still in charge. Hallelujah. I'm still in control. It may look messy, but I'm still in charge. And God knows his plan. I love what Jeremiah 29 says. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Your path will continue to shine brighter and brighter unto the perfect day in the name of Jesus. Praise God. God is still in charge. And if you have not been laughing, you better start laughing wherever you are. And get on God's side. Praise God. Remember that battle when Joshua was going to lead the nation into their inheritance. I'm not remember, I can't remember which town it was. And God opened his eyes and he saw this angel. And the angel came, big giant angel. I mean, and Joshua was, man, bold guy, man of faith. Most people, when they see angels in the Bible, the Bible tells us they fall on their knees and they are afraid. Joshua stood up to the angel and said, are you for us? (laughs) Are you against us? (laughs) That's one of the only few times where somebody saw a giant angel and did not (laughs) quake. But he, he was at a place where he was so assured that God had his back that no matter how big the opposition was, he was going to win. No matter how big the giant was, no matter how big the problem was, if God be for me, nobody can be against me. Are you for us or are you against us? Remember what the angel said? The angel could have said, yes, God sent me to fight for you, Joshua. I'm on the side of Israel. But that was not what the angel said. The angel told him, I am on the Lord's side. (laughs) <laughs> Who is on the Lord's side? I am on the Lord's side. In other words, Joshua, you are still a king. And I know you have heard from God. And you are doing the best in your heart to do the will of God. But, sir, you are still a man. And you may even miss it. You two may get out tomorrow now and start doing censors. <laughs> I am... And I love what Joshua, Joshua responded. Okay, yes, me too, I'm on the Lord's side. And he more or less aligned. This is how we think. This is how we think. All you politically inclined believers, this is how you think. And you bring it to a personal level as well in your life. Because true matter is God doesn't choose sides. God is not APC, God is not PDP, God is not Labour Party. God is for God. And what you do, personal level, national levels, you align yourself with God. We call it consecration. Please tell your neighbor consecration. And it's a key to winning in life. You are aligned to God's will. So when God is laughing, what are you supposed to be doing? You laugh. Hallelujah. And that's what Apostle Paul did here. See, this was personal ministry. He prayed. There were problems. And you read the previous chapter. These were real problems. Imprisonment, shipwreck, people badmouthing him. Things were going tough. Revelation was coming. He was preaching with power. He was teaching things. And everything was wonderful. But just to limit the impact of his ministry, that's what he meant by less, I should be exalted above measure. God wants you to be exalted above measure. What what does that mean? It's not that you should be proud, but God wants you to experience grace and glory. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above your imagination in your life. But then challenges come and they want to just Halt you in your tracks! Stop you in your tracks! Stop what God is doing! Stop the progress that God has for you! It will fail in Jesus' name if you are lying to God. Hallelujah! Am I helping somebody this morning? So I post here say by saying God. This is what, it was in the will of God, and things were going here, but all these challenges were there. God, take away the problems. Take away this messenger of Satan that has been sent to buffet me so that I can continue to do your work. That's what he planned. But then God now told him, and God opened his eyes, and God revealed to him: No, Paul, that's not the plan. I know that's what you want. I know that's what makes sense to you. I know that's what you think is best for you and for your life and your ministry, but that's not the plan. What I want you to do glory be to God. help me help your neighbor and say, "Listen and listen very well." He said, "What I want you to do is to receive the grace that I'm making available to you at this time. Don't worry about Satan. Don't worry about what is buffeting you. Receive. (laughs) Praise God. The way some of us live, particularly when we are in trouble, and I have no doubt that many people, or don't let me say many people, a good number of people listening to me today, there's one kind of challenge or the other going on in your life. And perhaps as the elections drew nearer certain politicians sold you a message of hope and you bought the message of hope and there's nothing wrong with all that and now that it looks as if the message of hope that it, it looks as if looks as if that the message of hope that was given to you it doesn't look as if it materialized you are now in a place of despair that's not how to handle life not how to handle life. Sir, your candidate may enter the office and start doing demonic things after he enters the office. Ask the people that voted for Buhari eight years ago. Ask the people that voted for the former guy eight years ago. God told him no. I'm giving you grace can somebody lift up their hands and I hope you can catch what God is telling us this morning Say, father I thank you for your grace that are bounced towards me for such a time as this hallelujah somebody declare I receive that grace now I receive that grace now listen to me even for personal issues there's a mess in your finances. There's a mess, my Italy. There is grace right now. Hallelujah. God is still seated in heaven, and God is still laughing where your life is concerned. Oh, glory, glory be to God. And when you receive that grace and you focus on that grace, our uh, problem many times we we'll focus on other things. No, God said, focus on my grace. For those that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness are positioned themselves to reign in life. Receive that grace. When you receive that grace, a kind of power or strength is given to you. When you focus on my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is perfect. Made perfect in your weakness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Perfecting weaknesses. Perfecting weaknesses. Therefore, most gladly, and this is the powerful thing about it, it just switched. This coming on God's side. I, I came to prayer thinking I knew everything, thinking I had the answer, thinking I know what God, name. God, just give me the visa to that country, I know, give me the visa. And that was the prayer. And in praying, God, I you, no, 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 You are still staying here for a while. Isaac, you are not going to Jerah. You are still staying here. Joseph, you are not going to the palace. You are still going to stay in this prison for another two years. Because even in that situation, my grace is sufficient. Tell a neighbor for me this morning, God's grace is sufficient. Can I say this to you? Look at me, everybody. You have all the help you need for such a time as this by the reason of the provision of God's grace. All the help. Hallelujah. We were praying one morning. I think it was last, was it Tuesday morning? Okay, yeah. remember and I was getting ready. God, God, God just put that word in my seat. Possibilities. Possibilities. There is no time in your life, and there's no season in your life where God doesn't make possibilities and options available to you. But the question is, can you see it? Paul said, therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hallelujah. I I, I rejoice. I'm not rejoicing Because there are problems in my life. That wasn't his point. I'm rejoicing because with these problems that I'm facing, God is supplying grace. Hallelujah. And now I'm focused on the grace that God is supplying. And because of that supply of grace that I'm receiving, I have reason to rejoice. Hallelujah. Can I hear somebody shout, I rejoice? rejoice. And, And as I'm rejoicing... Boasting in my infirmities. Rejoicing because of the grace. God's power is now activated in my life. Hallelujah. I will rather boast in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore. I take pleasure in infirmities. In reproaches. In needs. In persecution. In distress. For Christ's sake. Again, he's not asking a lot of... Some people read this text and and start praying for God, send us problem. (laughs) You don't need God to send you problem. You have enough already. (laughs) Send me problem. No. That's not his message. And technically, God doesn't send problem. That's what the devil is there for. If God sent problems, who needs a devil? That's what they know. That's life. Life is there. There are already problems around you. The, The message is that in the midst of all those challenges, glory be to God, there's a supply of grace. Hallelujah. There's a supply of grace. And when you receive that grace, it will just make you a better person. That in spite of your weaknesses, you will still be able to do amazing things. Hallelujah. And I tell you, child of God, that will be your testimony this season. And that will be the story of Nigeria. Amen. Amen. Greatness will still come out of this nation in Jesus' name. Why? The will of God will be established. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to take this with us as we go into this week. There are two things that are available to us. Somebody say the grace, of God, grace of, God. The of God and the power of God. That has not changed. And what we need to do, particularly with the believers in this nation, we need to walk in these things consciously. Hallelujah. That's what this communion table represents. It's an expression of the grace of God and the power of God. The grace of God and the power of God. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We did not merit it. We do not deserve it. We do not qualify for it. Hallelujah. And when we begin to embrace that grace, receive that grace... On a day-to-day basis. It's not something we do just once. It's those that receive. That text in Romans 5.17. Receive. They receive it day by day. Week by week. Season by season. Hallelujah. That's the focus. And when we begin to embrace that grace, we activate the power in that covenant on our behalf. And I tell you people, that's how we win. Can you lift your hands again where you're seated? In fact, let's rise on our feet. Kaya Lao La Kata. Can I hear somebody declare I will not lose hope and I will not lose focus in my personal life and concerning this nation. Say it again, I will not lose hope. I will not lose focus. I was watching a football match yesterday. And I'm sure many of you were that much, or some of you were that much. But just. A time came, it looked hopeless. They went two goals down. But please watch. This is the message. It's not really the football I'm talking about. They kept fighting. And we, we've had, we talk about sports a lot. There's so many things we can learn from sports. Apostle Paul was writing about the Olympics in his days, and he said that the athletes there, they strive for a natural crown. We, We are striving for a heavenly crown. But the same principle of the athlete is what you need to apply spiritually. Things may have gone against you, not like you planned, not like you expected. But they kept fighting. And they got the first goal, they kept fighting. Got the second goal. And at that point is where the average person will have said, "Ah, at least, okay, we have tried. Ah, At least we have had election and there's no violence. I told you last week, election is not the goal. It's only a means to an end. We need a solid judicial system in this nation. We need solid economic system and structures in this nation. We need proper election monitoring, INEC in this station. We don't, stop. we don't stop at a place where, thank God, the worst did not happen. That's not our promise. Our promise isn't that the worst will not happen to you. No. Our promise is the will of God. Hallelujah. And the best of God. Said that your path will shine brighter and brighter onto the... There's one way to get it, and that's what the athlete shows you, the winning athlete. They don't give up. It came to the last minute of the extra time that the referee added. And then the referee added another minute for good measure, which some people may say, but that's for another day. And that final minute... See, this is how grace works and this is how the power of God works you might call it luck you might call it chance but that's what Solomon said in Exodus chapter 9 time and chance it will always happen to everybody but some people some people have left the stadium and this is how some people do life when their team went down 2-0 they give up pack their bags and check out when their candidate doesn't win an election they give up no you will never win anything great if you live life that way because what you are even demonstrating is you know everything ah if this person doesn't win then that means there's no hope who told you that your guy can win and cause 70,000 of us to die it's not a human thing and the ball just fell to the most unlikely footballer on the field For months, he had not played for the team. He was injured. In fact, the only reason why he got on the field was the person that was supposed to play got injured. So they just brought him, just filled the number. But as the math process, one person got injured, one just, the coach just put him on, and the ball just fell to him. That's how the grace of God works. And I'm telling you, this week, God will show you grace. God will show you favor. And what you have to do is to receive it. You you may look like the most unlikely candidate. Least qualified person. When you receive that abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, which is available in the blood, and you apply it, that's when the power of God, hallelujah, and when it looked as if everything was going against you, all of a sudden, in a moment, have you been there before? I don't know whether somebody has tasted that kind of glory from God before. Where all the odds were against you. But somehow, somehow, you just arrived at a Kairos moment. Praise God. Happened to be at the right place at the right time. You happened to be where the ball will fall. He could have been anywhere else. He could have been anywhere on the field. All the star players that had been doing very well, the ball didn't go to them. It just came to him. I don't know who you are, but don't lose hope. I don't know what you've been through, but God is just about to start with you. (laughs) Praise God. I'm telling you, don't lose hope over this nation. God is just about to start. Because no matter what we lost in this election or what we did not gain, what went right, what did not go right, who won, who did not win, who was cheated, who wasn't cheated, who was lied against, who wasn't lied again, who rigged, who didn't rig, no matter all those vain imaginations of men. God, hallelujah, is still constant and God will always give grace. And God will always give glory. I want you to receive the grace of God like you have never received it before. Somebody hearing me this morning. For this day, for this week, for this season and when you receive that grace, put up that Romans 5.17 for us one more time, listen when you consciously, you need to be like things may have gone wrong, but here again what Paul told God told us my grace is sufficient that's why I'm still seated and that's why I'm still laughing my grace is sufficient my grace is sufficient It doesn't matter what has collapsed in the nation, what has not collapsed. It doesn't even matter how many disappointments you have experienced, it doesn't matter how much buffeting you've been through. Somebody shout with me, God's grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul just switched when God told him that. I mean, it's a lesson I always go back to in difficult times, he just switched. Forget about the devil. Forget about the buffeting. Forget about disappointments. Forget about... Let's begin to rejoice like God. He that sits in heaven he will laugh. And he says, I rejoice in my infirmities. The thing that I'm supposed to be crying about, I'm laughing about it. And said, because when I do that, the power of God rests upon me. That's how you win. God did not promise us that there will be no challenges. It's not in the Bible. In fact, what he told us is that there will be challenges. The question is, how do you respond? Hallelujah. Several years ago, I'm closing. I was watching one series. So you know I watch sports, I watch series. And you know in a movie, normally the actor doesn't die. Abby. But they've begun to shift that narrative now. Even James Bond died this last time. So in this particular movie, they captured this, the, the main character. I won't mention the name of the series. It's not something I can recommend on Puppet, but the principle in that story is powerful. Ah, he will escape. They organized his trial. Ah, they will come and get him out. They condemned him. This was season one of the series. <laughs> ah, he will escape. They brought him to his execution table. Ah, something will happen. They are planning a trial. They put his head on the chopping block. hey. They cut off his head, my jaw hit the ground. (laughs) This was the early days of that series, it was totally unexpected. Ah, A movie that the actor died. So, what's now going to happen? Where is the hope? Who will deliver the people? Where will help come from? This is the lead character. How, 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 how? and you know, they did, they just ended the series there and kept us in suspense but that was the hallmark of that series many times they would take out the lead character and the lesson was this it's not about one individual it's not even about you like Dr. always says the premise that you think it's all about you it's not about you you are not the one being tried it's your faith that is being tried it's never about you it's never about an individual at the end, the right people won but they took us through so many ups and downs in that series that they just got to a point these people say they are crazy, let them just sometimes that's how God operates you don't know where help will come from, listen to me but help will surely come somebody promised you "Ah, don't worry, when you get out of school I will give you a job. I will set you up. Then the person died six months to your graduation. Is that a reason to lose hope? You don't know God. You don't know grace. You don't know how the power of God works. It's not a reason to lose hope. In fact, it's a reason to begin to rejoice. Wow. So that means God even has something bigger for me. Declare with me, I have Grace. I have power it is not dependent on any man including me it's not dependent on any political party I have a political party say it I have a political party but it's not dependent on any political party it's dependent on God will you lift your hands and begin to give him praise this morning pastors please let's come to the communion table somebody thank God for grace grace Thank God for power this morning. And you you should know how to walk in it. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. For anyone that has not been laughing, begin to laugh. Begin to boast in infirmities. Begin to rejoice in your tribulations. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials, tests and tribulations. You should know that the testing of your faith works patience. Let patience have its perfect work so that you will come out perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Come on, begin to thank God for His grace. If there's anything you are sure about today, is that grace abounds towards you. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. Please don't get distracted right now. Just begin to rejoice where you are. Align yourself with God. Align yourself with God's will. Pastor, how do I do that? Begin to rejoice. Even as you are praying, pray from a place of joy. Laugh where you are, celebrate God. Boast, even in your challenges, boast of God's goodness, boast of God's mercy, boast of God's kindness, boast of God's faithfulness, even in your tribulation. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and tests and tribulations. Rejoice like God seated in the heavens and just laughing at anything and everything contrary to him. And you too can laugh because you are on God's side. You are aligned with God. Oh, continue to pray, church. Father, we consecrate these elements. Every one of them as the body and the blood of Jesus. We lift up and we celebrate your covenant with us today covenant wrapped in grace and wrapped in the power of God and by faith as we partake of this communion today we activate the power the miracles the blessings in this covenant for us one and all in the name of Jesus we decree and we declare this body wasn't broken in vain this blood wasn't shed in vain And we release the power it carries for us for this season in the name of Jesus. Come on church, let's continue to pray. Pastors, please serve the people. Hold on to the communal elements. After everyone has been served, we are going to take it together. Somebody pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Death could not hold. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast. Hold on to the communal elements. Let's make sure everybody is sobbed. We're going to take it together. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. You have no rival. You have no rival. You have no equal. Oh, Pray like someone that knows God has your back. The grace of God abounds towards you. Pray from a place of victory. Pray from a place of confidence. Pray from a place of alignment to the will and the counsel of God. Somebody declare, I will not give up. I will not give in. I will not quit. I will press till the very end. I will press till the very end. I will press till the very end. I will, end. I will not settle for less. I will not settle for less. I will not settle for less. Yes. Lift your voice and pray. Oh, yata sataya de pe dobo so tofa Oh yade pe shetpoya. God wants you to pray. God wants to hear your voice. Blessed is he that trusts in the Lord. Prayer is demonstrating trust and confidence in God. Blessed is he. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Oh yes, there is is power power in the blood of Jesus. To break every chain. chain. To break every chain. To break. break every chain. There is power. There is power. The Lord of Jesus. Take the seal of the bread Take the seal of the cup Father we trust in you We trust in this covenant We trust in the victory That your broken body And your shed blood Has made available And Lord we put our trust In this covenant today We put our trust in you And as we partake in faith We receive miracles right now in the name of Jesus. We receive breakthroughs right now in the name of Jesus. We receive help from heaven in the name of Jesus. And over our nation, we declare your power prevails. More than any other power, the power of God that will establish the will of God is still our portion today in the name of Jesus. Come on, partake of the body and partake of the blood in faith. And begin to bless the Lord one more time. Just begin to thank Him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs>